0: Hi, welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth.
1: Hello. Hey
0: man, how's it going?
1: It's good. We are recording a lot earlier in the day today, which is fun, even though we are two days late.
0: Yeah, it, it happens. Uh, adult things and and life can sometimes get in the way, but it's it's very okay yeah. uh, in the long run.
1: Because not only does life get in the way, but it finds a way.
0: (laughs) Um, We found
1: a way to get together and record this.
0: I I do really want to really quick uh, give a shout out to our nephew, AJ, who listens every week with uh, our brother, Zach, which is pretty cool. Um, He's like five or six, six years old now. Five. Yes. I'm bad at remembering ages. But, yeah, I was talking to him, and he said to talk about him on the next episode. And
1: Oh, well, cool. <laughs> he, he FaceTimed me a bunch of times yesterday, which was funny.
0: Oh, that's neat. Kids are learning technology fast, and it's good, um, and it's fun, especially for gaming because they – I mean, all the games you see him play get a lot of educational value from – like, he gets a lot of educational value from them, and it's neat um, and he also teaches me a ton of stuff about minecraft, so I know too much about minecraft now true <laughs> i i've I somehow managed um, i M- minecraft has been out for about what ten years and I somehow have avoided knowing that much about it until now so it it really yeah, has ten some years it has some it has it
1: ten years in may
0: oh wow jeez yeah
1: but i wonder if that was the official release or like because it came out in alpha at first and people had it you
0: you got Initial it at like release, alpha
1: I, I did i i technically still own the game <laughs> even though i've never played
0: it <laughs> um so yeah just wanted to give him a quick shout out and uh, because he uh you know listens and it's fun um i do want to talk about something i've been playing seth which, That's good. That's uh, why we do this podcast. Yeah. Everyone knows that I play... I'm the only one now that plays Destiny 2. That's Because true. you don't keep playing, which is fine. So I am playing Destiny 2 Season of the Drifter. I'm enjoying it. I actually need to pick Devil May Cry 5 back up. Um, Season of the Drifter came out, and I kind of went headlong into it. And the... <laughs> I got really enraged by this. So the new mode, Reckoning, is the new PVE. It's like a horde mode type deal, but it's timed. And it's really fun, but the matchmaking is so horrifically bad, Seth. Mm. And it makes you realize why maybe Bungie has been staying away from doing matchmaking for raids and stuff. Because, Mm -hmm. um, and I really learned this the hard way. So in order to get to Allegiance Quests, which the whole premise of this DLC is you are picking a side between the Vanguard and the Drifter. And before you can do the Allegiance Quest, you have to beat uh, Tier 1 of The Reckoning, which is a four-player activity. It took me a whole week to find a competent enough team to beat this thing. (laughs) A whole week.
1: Did you... Did you try using a microphone?
0: I used... So I was on the mic the whole time. Yeah. I eventually had to use... And this is both a positive and a negative. I had to go into the Destiny app and use the Fireteams mode, which you can post. It's kind of like LFG on Xbox Live, but faster and easier.
1: Yeah, it's built specifically for Destiny.
0: Yeah. And so I actually got a competent team with people um, around my light, light level or higher and we were able to clear it. But, oh my gosh. It was, A, I don't know why Bungie decided to lock story content behind a match-made activity. That's my first frustration. Because yeah. this is a, I understand that the... This is one of the big new features of the DLC. But realistically, if you are locking it behind this matchmade activity, it is not dependent upon me to go through that gate. It's dependent upon me and three other people. Every other thing that Destiny has done that is dependent upon you and other people is more gear-related and not story-related, for the most part.
1: Well... I would counter that with, I don't know that this is, it's not, I don't think this is explicitly a story related thing. I mean, it is a quest line and there have been quest lines in the past in Destiny, which had story parts, which you had to do these activities with other people to finish.
0: Right. But I'm saying this is gatekeeping you from doing other story content.
1: I mean, how much, but how much story content is there actually? Well, they, they, these aren't story missions. They are regular activities that have a story tacked onto it.
0: I mean, I guess that's, you know, however you want to label a story. I, the only way for me to experience the drifter versus the Vanguard story is to do this. That's what I'm saying. This, it is not part of the quest line. It is a blocker. I could not begin the quest and choose a side until I did this activity. Which is just kind of weird. Like, if they locked a powerful gear drop behind it or something, that'd be fine. Oops. But to put the actual quest line and, you know, whatever you want to say light story content, full story content, whatever. Like to put story missions behind an activity that's supposed to be a bonus. It's it's just weird to me that you would gatekeep like that.
1: Uh, I I guess I mean because there's, because there's like a lot said, of stuff in Destiny that is supremely gategatekeeled. Gape, so I don't know. I mean, well, that's just kind of part and parcel with the game.
0: I get the gatekeeping, but don't gatekeep when it's dependent on shoddy matchmaking like I you have to have three other people that are communicating and this is like very like aggressively timed and you have to go in wipe out enemies and like timers will reset if you don't do something right it's it just seems like something that's almost too much to put other activities behind especially when the so the drifter vs vanguard story plays out every week there's going to be new missions every week so now i'm a week and a half behind because it took me forever to find a group to do it with it's it's just it's kind of a weird complaint i guess it's it's not a good one but i i just don't know why it was why story content was locked behind me completing this activity that has nothing to do with the story for the most part because it's for gear and gambit it doesn't have anything to do with the drifter versus the vanguard
1: yeah i mean i get it i i I get that it's annoying like many things about destiny i mean i think that the the reason they do it is to force an introduction to you on the reckoning mode so you will get to understand what the the gameplay loop of that this part of the expansion is, which is Game of Prime and then Reckoning and back and forth like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's unfortunate that you have had that experience. And I guess it's because, um, it's, it's more of a, it seems to me from the stuff I've read from Reckoning, it is designed to be more of a, um, of a, not like raid-like, uh, thing but it, but it requires communication um, oh yeah so
0: i was very so, careful to not say raid like because it i and i i agree with you that's how they kind of describe it is it's a ra- like a mini raid-esque activity where it's hard and there's timers so i i was kind of avoiding that but i agree with you it is raid like in a way
1: yeah um and so I get the, the frustration. I think it's, it's better for an activity like that to have matchmaking um, just because some people want to play like that and they're fine doing that. Um, uh, but I don't know. I, I think that when Bungie designs these experiences, they are, and especially in this expansion pass, which is targeted specifically for hardcore long-term Destiny players, um, it makes sense that they would then include an uh, an activity which is designed for hardcore, long-term Destiny players who usually play in groups. Um, like, I mean, that's just... I think that's just the norm of people who are playing this content. Because you go back and look at the stuff from, like, the main content from the last part of the expansion, which was uh, the Armories, which um, were very squad um, the, they were they were, they had very squad based uh, commute not squad based but communication based um, activities. So I th- I just think that 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 is what this content they are creating is is for. And now it's it's annoying that it's only annoying because matchmaking is an option and and you wish that that would be effective when it's not. Um, yeah. Yeah. I and yeah, so I I get it. I get your complaint, but I also understand why uh, Destiny designed it the way that they did.
0: Yeah, there, there just almost should be a light level for the matchmaking. Cause I was three forty five, which still was five levels under, and I was getting matchmade made with people that were like three thirty, and I'm like, I there's zero percent chance we're gonna be able to do this. Why, like, what what is the goal here with the matchmaking? It just wasn't. I don't know. It's not their algorithm isn't uh, fully worked out, um, especially in a mode where the light level matters. So,
1: yeah. But I mean, you also can't like I don't think I don't know that you can impose it because that like prevents because there are a lot of people who like they exclusively will uh, guide lower level light players through uh, activities that they can't make it through on their own. And so if you put up that barrier, that kind of takes out a whole bunch of other people who could experience it, but now can't. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the middle ground is, but I think Bungie has designed it this way on purpose because that's the players who are playing it this way is who they are targeting.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: And and you just happen to be in the the group of players who does not play with a regular group.
0: Yeah. Now I, now I have a clan, so I'm in a clan and it's pretty neat. Everyone communicates effect, communicates effectively and, Stuff like that. So, um, Other than that, I didn't really play much this week, except for I did play a lot of Mario Kart 8 for some reason, and that game still holds up. Uh, In case you were curious, if anyone was curious, Mario Kart 8 uh, Deluxe on the Switch is still a very good game. And the online is not even bad, so... There's that.
1: I'm still I'm still waiting for them to release more DLC for that, but I don't think it'll ever happen.
0: Yeah, I I know. I'm between that and Odyssey and Mario Party. It's weird that all those have kind of you know not had anything yeah announced. But Captain Toads, I mean, I'm going to start that this week. It's in my Switch, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's strange the stuff that they are supporting post launch and the stuff that they are not.
0: I don't know. So, what did you play this week, Seth?
1: Well, let's see where to start. Um, I, I guess the most prominent thing that I did was I finished *NieR Automata*. Um, all five main endings. Uh, well, I mean, I talked I I think I had finished two last time, so I finished the final three. Um, it's a game. First of all, it's a very good game. I talked about the kind of issues that I had with it last time, um, and I was mostly able to get over that that stuff um, because the it's it's a strange game like thinking about, um, and I'm probably going to spoil some of the stuff uh, that happens at the end of the game um, just because there's some stuff that I want to talk about. Um, but I watched, so it was this game immediately after ending. It's one that you don't really know because it's it, it deals with these these isu- these complex issues um, that you don't usually find in video games. And when they do, they're not they're they're usually a lot more heavy handed than this stuff um, that was presented in this game. Um, right. So I wasn't sure how to think, like what to think about the ending. Uh, and I'm and I'm not gonna get into it the plot details of the ending, um, just because there's way too much stuff going on, um, but I, it was, after I finished it, I found this great video on YouTube, it was this guy, he did this video essay about, about Nier, um, and about the different kind of, like, philosophical things it does, and and the way the, the story moves through that, there are a bunch of characters, like, this stuff I, um, I sort of gleaned from the stuff they were talking about in the game, but there are a bunch of characters who are designed, uh, who are based uh, off of like real world philosophers. Um,
0: oh, that's and, cool.
1: Yeah, and so, um, but they're in this game. There are these machine life forms because it's far in the future, and they one of this. The key themes of the game is these robots, these machine life forms. Rather, um, it's so weird because they're. There are the machines, and then there are the androids. But none of them are called robots. I don't know. <laughs> and, and then there's also story stuff about that, Heather. But, um, and so it's it's these, these machines who are – they have – they seem to gain some sort of – some form of, like, uh, sentience. And they are basically replaying lots of, like, human evolution and history – uh, and it's really weird, um, but they have the, all these characters designed around these philosophers, and it kind of subverts the stuff that they talked about uh, in real life, and and also um, and and it's very interesting um, the way like these machines are. I don't know. It's like they're designed to fail basically, um, and and while doing all these things, and it kind of mirrors a lot of what what these real philosophers uh, experienced in real life. And it's, it's very, it's very strange. Um, It's hard to like, it's hard to during, while stuff is happening, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to parse what is happening. Um, Like it really is one that requires further thought to really understand the kind of nuance of what is happening in the story. Gotcha. Um, I, In in this video I watched apparently Yoko Taro the um the director, I guess one of the he said that one of the ways he designs games is um he kind of he he sort of creates the story in reverse like he he decides like what he wants the game to say and like what. What he wants the game to like the the feelings he wants it to invoke in the players, and then he basically like c- creates this ad hoc story around those ideas. Um, and so a lot of a lot of the parts of the story of the game don't really make sense like as a whole, but in 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 distinct parts they um, they kind of. They they make some more sense as like these little tiny episodes. So it's it's a very strange game and one and it's designed in a way that that I, I don't think I've ever played a game like it. Um, and it's and the ending it's it's got to be one of the weirdest endings I've ever experienced. <laughs> um, so as with the the first two endings, which I talked about, you kind of um, you you get to the end and go through the credits, and then you get to you go back and you do stuff from the perspective of a different character, which brings out another ending. Um, and then the the final the final ending it's it's um how, how do I explain this? What happens is like you roll through the credits, and then you have these companion robots which are called pods, and they basically they like pause the credits, and they're like, wait a minute, we um we don't really like the way this ended cuz all the endings are pretty much very um they none of them are great for the characters in it and it's all kind of it all kind of points to a uh a, a not great future um for what is happening in the story and so these pods they kind of pause the credits um and they're like we don't we don't agree with this uh what do you think we should do and they're like well we can um they they decide to basically go against their programming to kind of save the characters. Uh, and so, and it, it's weird. And so what happens is, so in the game, um, there are these like hacking sequences, which play out as kind of these like top-down bullet hell shooters. Um, and they're never really that tough. Uh, but so after this happens at the end of the game, you it drops you back into the into the ending credits and you take control of this little ship and you basically have to blast your way through the credits. Like it's like, you know, in smash bros, uh, when you finish, uh, like the story mode and yeah, and you, you, but the thing is in this one, the credits are fighting back. And so it's like, what? Yeah. They're like (laughs) shooting at you. Um, uh, and it's very difficult and it's like, you're, you know, it's like you're fighting against the developers and and going against what their story was, and it's and it's cool, and like from a an abstract point of view, but in but in while it's happening, it's it's very frustrating because it's you you all you can get is three hits, and then you have to like start over, um and so you have to get through the whole credits like this, uh and there's a lot of people that worked on this game, um and it's very difficult, but and it's cool because each time you die, well after not each time, but well okay first each time you die it, it pops up with this like this these different philosophical questions like is life meaningless or do you want to continue going on or is this just really a silly game? There's there's all these weird things and you you have to you have to answer it to continue trying again. And then after a while, um you get this message from like another uh, another person who played the game um so throughout the game you can there's kind of like a, a souls-like element where where the bodies of characters like uh of people who have played the game and, and places they've died like you can find a you can find their corpses basically and 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 get stuff for them uh get stuff from them uh, and right and when, when you die in the game, you have an opportunity to create this little message that will just like a little personalized message about, you, you know, whatever, how your character died or something. And so in at, at, and, and the credit scene, you get another one of these messages, but it's kind of a it's a message of like hope and someone saying like cheering you on, basically. And then as you keep going, the more you die, the more the the kind of game over screen populates with these uh, these other messages from people. Um, and then eventually uh, it's
0: like it's, the Digimon battle
1: yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> it honestly is and then <laughs> and then eventually after so many deaths you uh, it asks you, do you want help and so then these um, you get uh, these all, all these other ships around you and it's supposed to represent these people like it it actually asks you, do you want help from this like a certain username of this person uh, and so um, and I, you, like all these ships around you, and it makes it a lot easier. But then every t- every time you get hit though, like it, it feels bad because one of those ships dies and like one of those ships is destroyed and it says X, you know, this player's data was lost. Um, uh, and I was like, Oh man, that's, that's harsh. Um, and so then, so you get through it and there's a sort of happy, if not ambiguous ending. Um, and then the pod asks you like, he's, it breaks the fourth wall and speaks directly to the player, and it's like, "Do you?" Uh, I forget what the questions it asks, but it's basically something like, "Do you think that people deserve help?" Um, and it's like, w- "Are you willing to help someone else out there who is in need?" And then he's like, "If would you sacrifice your your save file to help someone out?" And and so you're you're left with this choice. Like, it 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 turns out like the the people that that were helping you in the credit sequence are the other people who have finished the game and have decided to sacrifice all of their game save just to allow someone else um to get through there so
0: whoa
1: yeah and so you're faced with this like well what do i do so i mean what i did i i did i i i i said yes and it deleted all of my progress in the game um <laughs> And so like if I wanted to play the game, I would have had to start over um, and so yeah, whoever's out there, I hope you uh I hope you i hope I hope my uh, my little ship can help you in that in your time of need um, so it's that's it's
0: weird I yeah it's it awesome, was, but
1: it w- I think that in in the previous near game also did something like this uh, and it was the only way to get like the true ending. Um, but this one is—you don't have to do it to get the true ending. It's just a thing you can do, and it's—and it's weird. It was really weird because like it actually shows you it shows the the screen going through and deleting all of your data, and I was like, Ugh, this is so. And then yeah, it, and it was gone too. I couldn't I couldn't access it anymore. Um, and it's it's it I. I complete when I when I watched that video about the way he designs games based on creating um, like feelings in in the player. I totally got it there because I the feeling of that at that point was kind of indescribable, and I don't really know how to properly relate what it was. Um, but it's it was something. Uh, the game actually surprisingly I not, it was not as long as I expected, like, because, like, you expect these kind of Japanese RPGs to be these huge, often slogs through this stuff, but it, um, it actually went by pretty quickly once you, once I got into the final stretch of it, um, but, so I, I, it was a very good game, I, I enjoyed my time with it, um, I would, I mean, I have to say, it's suplex certified for me, uh, but it is it is a a unique experience, um, and I, I, I recommend people uh, if 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 there's a game out there if if you have a if you have time to play a game but you don't know what to play this is a, this is a good one to spend your time on.
0: Man, I you're making me want to play it more. It 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 seems I would really like. To see, and maybe this is just because this is kind of my job is to look at, um, you know, people like and how they interact with things. I would really like to see how many people chose to give up their save file yeah. versus how many didn't. Like I, I would, uh, I'm going to now kind of try to find a interview with the developer and see if he ever answered that or if has if he has a a number out there.
1: Yeah, cause it, it it was it was something else. I uh it was very cool though. Um especially cuz like there I mean there were like countless messages on the screen every time I would die. Like b- by the time I got before I, I finally got help on it like so there's I don't know. And and it was also cool cuz it showed like where where in the world you are getting this help from. Um, and it and it would show the, the message in the original language and then a translation of it. So yeah, it was it was definitely an experience. Um very, very cool. Uh so other than that, I let's see, I uh, this is part of our news. Uh Apex Legends, the season one started, so I've been playing that a bit. Uh I was really upset last night. Uh I got down to a, a Top two, um, and I single handedly caused our team to lose, which was <laughs> oh no, very frustrating as I died, and then watched my teammates die, and I was like, Well, that was all my fault, um so that was, uh, that was terrible, and my roommate was standing in the room with me, and he was just he was just shaking his head, he couldn't even say anything about it, it was so. It was so frustrating, and then I tried to play another match. I was like, "I cannot, I can't do this. I can't believe that just happened." Uh, and one final thing that i played a little bit of, um, and this is another, this is another little new spoiler. Um, but I have been playing for a bit. I I started playing Blaster Master Zero Two, Ooh. which is which is very fun. But that's it for me, and I. I have Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, so I'm excited to get into that.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to be playing anything that's actually new-new until the end of the month when Yoshi comes out. So mm. um, I'm excited to dive into Captain Toads, though. So, Well, that's new. It's, I mean, well, it's new, new, new to me, but like I'm talking fresh. Yeah, not brand new. So we have a lot of news to get through. So let's let's begin. Um because uh Google decided I mean we talked about this a couple weeks ago and last week kind of where Google is we've also talked about it throughout the life of this podcast cuz they tested it what was it last year the, the Project Google, Stream yeah, Project or Project
1: Stream with uh what was that game Assassin's oh, Creed God, yeah Assassin's Creed Odyssey that yeah.
0: game. <laughs> um so, yes, they they tested it out and turns out now it's actually going to be a thing. It's going to be called Google Stadia, which is meant to evoke um multiple stadiums. Is that what
1: the, is that what the name comes from?
0: Yeah, and it's very funny. Uh there's a really good interview with the head of the Stadia project at, on Kotaku and He's like, I hope it was clear from the imagery we used that this is what it was meant to mean. And, boy, uh, did I not get that from (laughs) that at all. I
1: mean, I didn't see the very beginning of the stream, uh, so maybe they talked about it. But I just remember, like, oh, well, that's a name. I will say about the name, it has a cool logo, which is a little S, but in the shape of, like, the Wi-Fi logo. Uh, Not a logo, but, you know, the, the little... Three Wi-Fi waves that all phones have.
0: Right. Yeah. So it's it's got a little logo, cool little logo. Uh, it's called Google Stadia. It is not going to have a price until summer. They were very vague and would not even say if they're going to be at E3, which it seems like they might. Um, they announced that it can be played on anything with Chrome, uh, including smartphones, tablets. Chromebooks, high-end PCs, whatever, and it doesn't use your PC at all. It just uses Google's cloud.
1: Yeah, so the the basic idea, like people, we, we had heard that this was Google, well, we didn't, not that we had heard, but Google said that they were like, they were going to show off the future of gaming or something like that. And so a lot of people sort of expected a console, but also didn't know what to expect. And so what it actually is is, Um, It's basically what Microsoft is doing with xCloud and that it's going to be presumably a service that you pay for, um, which allows you to stream games onto different platforms. Uh, Supposedly, um, Google is offloading a lot of the network needs into its server bank, um, and it's going to be... I don't know, they made a lot of... They talked a lot about teraflops, which I thought was dumb. Um,
0: <laughs> 10, they get 10 teraflops set. Yeah, but the, the and, big deal is that- that was met with minimal applause because yeah. it means almost nothing.
1: Yeah, I remember when Microsoft did that at their Scorpio unveiling, and it was like, okay. Um, but yeah, so it's supposed to, you're supposed, the idea is you can play these high-end games on whatever device you have uh, with whatever controller. Um, there is also a Stadia controller, which has which big which its biggest feature is a button to allow you to ask Google uh clues for the game. Um and yeah, so that's it. It's Wi Fi. Uh that that's basically what it is. Streaming games. Big it's it's the future, despite uh America's terrible um internet infrastructure.
0: Yeah. Did you uh? Did you make sure I can't? Rem- I couldn't remember if you said it that uh, made sure to say that the the controller is the only way to play it through the Chromecast. Oh uh, yeah. So okay. so the only way to play on the Chromecast on your TV is with the Stadia controller. But if you're playing on anything else, you can use a usual Bluetooth or USB controller, Xbox controller, stuff like that. Yep. Um they the 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 minor details regarding seth talking about our terrible internet which we are kind of blessed to be living in a city area um but as as uh spike getty who was on the show uh reacted with us on twitter i don't know if you saw that seth he jokingly said that um there's so there's someone in kentucky still waiting to play red dead redemption 2 because of the day one patch probably (laughs) um and yeah,
1: it's it's not great because um twenty five megs America, for ten eighty P. Um yeah, like so the 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 numbers they gave us for the kind of like upload and download speed that you'll need to do it, like aren't they aren't terrible for people who live in like urban cities that have um good internet infrastructure, but a lot of the country does not have that. Uh and and even beyond that, this isn't – this is not even talking about, like, the amount of data that this is going to use for these um, broadband companies who put data caps in and will charge these exorbitant um, premiums for going over data. Uh, so, right. I don't know. It's a cool idea. I mean, like, Nintendo has been doing this on the Switch in Japan certain titles like i think i i think odyssey is one of them you can you can stream titles on there but um but that's because like the internet infrastructure in japan is a lot um better set up for it but in america it's we are not i don't think we're at a point where this is entirely viable and that's and and we don't even know like what the pricing of this is going to be whether or not it's going to be cheaper more expensive than just having a console and and purchasing games not to mention that you can't you can't own games on this um Mm -hmm. everything is going to be stored in the cloud and so if that information is gone then you so is your copy of the game
0: that that is the worry um because it it basically the interview on kotaku you know (laughs) They mentioned the permanence of the game and it could just they could just pull it and then you won't have it anymore. Yeah, there's there's games on my phone that I don't have anymore because I upgraded my phone or whatever. And, you know, the the people decided to pull it. And so I don't have it, even though I spent money on it. Um, Yes, yeah. it's, it's very bonkers that. I I do believe that in in a way, this is the direction where gaming is heading, but it's not, it's not now. And, And it's very strange because Google, if anyone can pull this off, it's Google, sure. But I don't think that this is still, like you said, we as America don't have the infrastructure to handle this and make it viable the i'm trying to remember the some of the other stuff that bothered me um so the the there's a lot of privacy stuff that's confusing to me and I don't like um and it's going to cause issues with content creators not saying that we're going to have issues but the like for people to be able to interact and like it seemed like that you can just jump in with a streamer on certain games, right? And stuff so like that.
1: We we shouldn't short shrift Google here, uh, because there are some interesting stuff that they uh, announced alongside this service. And one of those is uh, because they own YouTube, um, and they are invested heavily in in the streaming on on YouTube gaming. One of the kind of embedded features in this is that if you are a a streamer. Um, you will basically there'll be like a toggle you can do to allow people watching you um, to join in a queue to join in your game. Um, just by like people who are using Google, uh, who who have the Stadia access, they can click a button on their browser, basically, and they'll be um, queued in to, to join the game eventually. Which is cool. Um, it's also sort of weird, uh, and I I wonder how much that would actually be used and on. And how it would be implemented on a lot of games, honestly. Because, like, like, I can't imagine how this would work on Fortnite. Like, is Epic going to create a a, a single instance of the game so all of these followers can play with Ninja? Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's there's a lot of weird, um, weird stuff with that. Um, my buddy Joe jokingly talked about it at work. Because one of the one of the th- cool things they announced with YouTube is that um, if you're watching like a let's play of a game, you can jump into the game at an exact spot where someone was. Yeah, so like, that was one and of, one of the, the stuff unlocked.
1: Yeah, one of the other, yeah that was one of the things they said that uh, basically they are uh, a feature of it is this thing they're calling state share. Uh, which basically saves all the information about the game it's like basically it's like sharing a game save file with someone, so I could if you were playing through uh Devil May Cry five and you're at whatever point you could like save that and send it to me and I could uh play the game right there uh I don't know if it's supposed to be like just uh individual instances for you to play like through uh scenes that that this that people experience or if it's sp- like an actual game save file um but and, and again that's a unique idea i don't know what the um purpose of it is uh it's but it's sort of cool well,
0: well he was saying uh, in a malicious way he he can't wait for someone to um, send him a link and him to click it and him be like in the middle of the ending of a movie of a game and it spoils the game for him. <laughs> because that's what oh, people are going to use it for.
1: Yeah, that would be hilarious.
0: Malicious intent, most uh, likely. Yeah. Um, Not that it's like harmful, but it isn't. It would be annoying. So it's... I don't know. I. I, I don't want to like turn down Google at all because this is it's something that's neat and obviously a bunch of developers are going towards it xbox is with their uh you know um x cloud and sony's already doing it with playstation now and um ea is doing ea was teasing that they were working on it at the their last press conference so it's It's being worked on. Um, John Ryan of IGN has a really good write-up on IGN where he, and I I quoted it because I wanted to say exactly, that Assassin's Creed Odyssey was on the floor being streamed to a Chromebook while Doom was being streamed to a, in quotes, developer version of Stadia to a desktop PC. So they obviously don't have it fully figured out yet because... That developer version of the desktop PC, I don't want to say that they're doing this, could all, in, for all intents and purposes, be just running Doom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they there's no way to know in the yeah. end. Yeah,
1: and I mean, game companies have done that before when revealing new consoles that aren't yeah. really ready. They just run it on, on, on hardware, uh. That's not necessarily representative of the end product, but yeah, I don't know i think I think it is it's not a bad idea, and it is probably the end it it probably i don't know if it's the future, I think it is part of the future of gaming, but I also don't know that the future is now in this case um and you know one weird thing is that they didn't they like they showed they brought the uh, one of the developers from id and he showed off doom eternal but outside of that and odyssey we don't really know anything about games uh uh and this is supposed to be like a a game platform reveal thing and they didn't really show us anything um i don't know i think there are there are more questions about this than there are answers at this point
0: yeah definitely and it's i don't i mean they say we'll get more answers um in the summer and I'm I'm hoping that's true, so I still I kind of laughed at that 25 megs for 1080p at 60 frames, because it I that still doesn't answer latency, which is a going to be a huge issue with this. Yeah, latency. I mean that's something we didn't touch on. I man there. I get frustrated playing games with you at your house here in Ocala because of the latency between the controller and the flat screen, yeah, and I just I can only imagine it might not be great but yeah. we'll i mean
1: see. google they they to their credit they did a great job of obfuscating on details which might not necessarily be uh glowing about their uh their <laughs> platform at
0: this point, yeah.
1: They made sure to show us the good stuff.
0: Exactly. Um, and so with that, did you have any other smaller news, Seth? Before we go to the big chunk of um, rest of the news,
1: I I do. I can't. I can't remember it.
0: <laughs> oh no! This is terrible. The the Borderlands one thing was neat.
1: Yeah, uh, that's not what I was thinking of. But yeah, so there was a. Um, There was rumors uh, a while back about uh, Borderlands 1 getting a remaster for current gen consoles, and now an ESRB rating has popped up for Borderlands Game of the Year, which is cool, but it is interesting because in the uh, details it had um, in-game purchases, uh, so that kind of reads as microtransactions, and so you wonder what they are adding to that game uh, to put microtransactions in it, and why... And also, hopefully, whatever this is, I hope it is not in uh, Borderlands Three. That would that'd be a bit of a bummer.
0: Which we'll know all this stuff next Thursday, the day after we record. So,
1: ugh, oh, that's, that, that's <laughs> annoying.
0: <laughs> um, we might delay to No, We probably no,
1: won't, no. But. no, you'll just have to hear about that from us in a couple weeks.
0: Yeah. Um, but. If you think about Seth, we can get to it after the news of the Nintendo Indie Direct.
1: Yeah. Uh, this was actually a lot more exciting than anyone would have expected. Oh, my uh, gosh. Because, yeah. because, I mean, Indie Directs are cool, but, you know, there's, there's never, like, huge announcements in it. But in this one, there absolutely was a huge announcement. And it yeah. came right at the beginning. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, there was there was a couple, but the biggest announcement uh, was right at the beginning of this co- of this uh, direct, and they open with this. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't even matter what the the weird. It was a man
0: teaching you how to it, pour milk into yeah, your
1: cup. That was very. I was. It was weird. It was bizarre. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on, but then it turned out it was uh, Cuphead is coming. To the Nintendo Switch and being published by Microsoft, they literally name-dropped Microsoft. They said thanks to our friends at Microsoft, Cuphead is coming to Nintendo Switch. Uh, and that is just uh, unthinkable before now. Uh, well, not unthinkable, because we had talked about it a little bit. There had been rumors. But this is finally, actually, sub- substantively here that they're, these two companies are working together like this. And who... Who the heck knows what, this is like, this is a brave new frontier, uh, of, who knows what, oh, yeah. what, what the, the ramifications of the future
0: are. holds banjo and smash. That's what the future holds.
1: I don't know. There was a, a rumor, uh, that it was going to be cuphead, uh, uh, that I, that I saw a while back.
0: Oh, okay. But so, yeah, so, but yeah, cuphead, cuphead, April 18th. cuphead
1: on, on Nintendo switch, April 18th, uh, and I think they even said there are, there were like specific features designed for Switch, though I forget what yeah, they were.
0: Yeah, there was um, there was some wording in the product detail on a couple of the sites that had the pre-order up, that led people to believe that there's some sp- specific things developed for just this one, this version of the game.
1: Yep, there were, but so outside of that, there were there were a bunch of cool ones, a bunch of cool looking games. Um, I don't think we need to dive too deeply into all of them but what what was what was one of your favorite ones that you saw david
0: i am i so there's two that i walked out of this um or clicked out really excited
1: besides the last big one
0: no no i'm I'm actually that one's not on my list really I, i think that's neat but uh i'm really excited for katana zero yeah that yeah, game it looks, looks cool. it looks fun and hard like Celeste and it's got a fast respawn mechanic and so I'm really interested in that game. And I'm also super interested in Rad, which is the new game from Double Fine.
1: Yeah. And I mean that one that's interesting. It didn't it's cool. Uh it has this weird like 80s vibe and also these mutant like, you can mutate into things, which was strange.
0: Uh, yeah, you, you uh, mutate and get different powers. And it's it's going to be full of comedy. It's set after the second apocalypse, not uh, the first yes. one. Yeah, <laughs> key difference. And, and um, you spawn, like, grass and stuff as you walk around. You're so radiated that you are healing the world, I guess. And I don't know. I There was something about the – I don't know. There was something just so unique about that game – when i was watching it i'm like oh my gosh this this is just so neat yeah. so that one and uh runner up is the uh that red lantern game yes uh, the, the dog sled game
1: game about dog the sledding iditarod. the uh yeah well seeming it seems to be like a survival game i think i don't know yeah
0: you're on the iditarod and you get you it you get lost or something and you got to survive yeah
1: some of the ones that I thought were cool was... There's this one called Creature in the Well, which is like this weird hack-and-slash uh, adventure puzzle game that also uses pinball mechanics. Uh, I'm really...
0: I'm glad, because internally I didn't say that one, because I thought you would say that one. Yeah. Uh, so. and I,
1: I'm always interested in those weird kind of mashup of genres that don't seem like they would go together. Um, another one, the one that I said at at the top of this episode was Blaster Master Zero Two it was an announcement kind of out of nowhere and it was launching that day and you know that when I got home I downloaded it Uh, so I'm I'm excited to jump more into that and of course the final one that um, I was freaked out about was the last game that they showed off which started off it seemed to be a sequel to Crypt of the Necrodancer which is kind of like a darling indie game um, and then as the, uh, as the trailer went on, you were seeing these locales that were, that, and enemies that looked a little familiar, and then this tune starts to play, and then it turns out this game is actually a, uh, straight-up Zelda game. It's called, uh, Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necro Dancer, featuring the Legend of Zelda, and you get to, <laughs> it's an absurd name, um... And, but you get to play as Link and Zelda and, and Cadence in and, and these games, and you're hopping around Hyrule uh, blasting enemies to these presumably awesomely remixed tracks from Legend of Zelda. There was this awesome... Um, I just said awesome too many times in a sentence, but there's this great remix of the Telltale Heights theme that played uh, during the, the reveal, which oh, is great. It's one of the more underrated Zelda tracks because it's from Link's Awakening. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was really cool and entirely unexpected. And also it, um, created a bunch of really cool Twitter threads that I thought that, that I saw of like, if, if Zelda can be worked on by this indie studio, imagine all these other games, these franchises worked on by these other different indie studios. Uh, and one of them was like, uh, a Samus game being designed by the people who made, uh, Shovel Knight or, um. It's it's cool to think, that, like the game itself looks really fun, but the potential I think that of Nintendo maybe not holding as um, tight a grip on these franchises and and possibly letting other people use them. Um, I mean, and we saw that with uh, Mario and rabbits kind of was also leaning toward that way. So I think it could be very cool if some of these smaller developers could work on these titles and make these great games. So I'm excited for that and for the game itself.
0: We could be blessed with another uh, great Zelda game like Oracle of Seasons and Ages. Heck yeah, man. Those are great. I know. And and a lot of people were happy because they never thought they'd get a game with the art style uh, that was related. It's similar to like Minish Cap. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of people were excited about that. Yeah, it's it's really cool. The the only other game there's two games on there that really got my attention was uh the other ones are was the weird Uber game. Oh, yeah. Called Neocab, which um looked very interesting and strange and it looks like a conversation simulator, but I don't know. It's it's got it's kind of a neat vibe. I like how futuristic it is. And then um <laughs> The fact that the Stranger Things season three game is coming to the Switch is pretty cool. Yeah, um, I didn't. I played the the season two game, and apparently the season three game is actually going to be more of an actual game instead of just like a point and click type thing. So yeah. it's neat. I I'm excited. There was a lot of stuff announced. Some of it kind of looked weird, um, but it all looked you know good. Uh, in general, I yeah. I was genuinely surprised by the Zelda, the Legend of, H- Cadence of Hyrule announcement. I actually didn't know that that was a franchise before, so I thought they were just making a weird rhythm Zelda <laughs> until <laughs> yeah. I I learned about Crypt of the Necro Dancer. So yeah, it's it's exciting. The it's really impressive, and I guess we can kind of uh, end on this that the switch has become this like king of the indies basically yeah and it's really cool and i'm really excited to see you know what what is to come and i'm really excited for um and you're not expecting the sith for killer queen black to come out later on this year <laughs> i'm not expecting I, the thing that I've, you that you talk <laughs> about all the time i finally looked on i finally used google And on their Twitter, (laughs) they announced that it was being pushed back. Did you? Did did you press the
1: special button on your Stadia controller to ask Google this?
0: No, and I, I, I don't know. I don't want to go back into that. But (laughs) yeah, the it's. I'm really excited for that. I was actually really. That's the one thing from this Nindy Direct that I was really frustrated wasn't there. Yep. Because I thought it would be.
1: Yeah, but I'm sure it's it's coming out later. Yeah, the Switch is, it's it's become like a an indie powerhouse. I know some of the the sales data got released um uh, over the past week and there's a bunch there's a ton of indie games which are doing very well. And you know, we've heard in the past developers say that their games sold way more on Switch than on the, on other other consoles combined. So it's not a surprise that these great games are are coming to this platform, and I say bring them on because uh, the best I think indie games are only um, like the quality is only enhanced when you can play them on the go, uh, at least in my opinion. Um, and so uh, that's 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 why they I, I have to I have to imagine that's why they're doing so well on the Switch.
0: Yeah, of course. I I don't think I would have gotten as far in Hollow Knight. Um, if I didn't have it on the go, yeah, you couldn't play it in the honest. bathroom. Yeah, well, I mean, the bathroom. You, I, I was playing it like in bed. Um, it's just, and it was difficult. So, like, in a game like Celeste, I probably wouldn't boot up my Xbox. Yeah, and take all that time to play something like that. But if I can take like a short break in the middle of doing chores or something, and try twenty times at a chunk of a level, <laughs> then I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Like it's there's there's just a a playability thing when you put something on the go that's going to make you play it more. And that's honestly I mean it, it not really the avenue we meant to go down, but the reason why I'm so excited to pick up some of the old RPGs that I didn't actually end up playing on yeah. PS4 and stuff. Like I bought Final Fantasy 7 and 10 on my PS4, but I why am I going to sit down and slog through that again when I can do like 20 minute chunks on the go you know True. and and it's 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 just all a testament to mobile as much as you hate mobile gaming, if like switch is you know the big proponent that you can do things on the go, you're mobile while you're doing it, so
1: all right, but there's a difference between handheld and mobile there
0: is, there is. I'll give that to you.
1: Um I did remember the thing that I couldn't remember. It was um so Nintendo finally released a, a trailer of their Labo VR kit. Um and it's like 7 <laughs> minutes long and it gets into like all of the different stuff and it honestly I did not looks see this. it honestly looks pretty cool. Um the as with all Labo stuff the the kind of practical uses in game for the stuff are weird and not really that fleshed out um they're mostly just like little tiny experiences rather than games, um, but it looks it looks very cool, um, and I really I don't expect it to happen because I don't think this is what Nintendo is trying to aim Labo towards. But I think it would be a very large missed opportunity if they did not find ways to integrate this specifically into games that are already out. Yeah, so you should you should go check go- out that trailer. It's pretty cool. I have to
0: go watch this now. So yep, all seven minutes. I did see a gif of Steven Totillo um, at a event, and he was playing a game, and part of it was you kicking on a pedal, so you blow up higher. Yeah, and it like the pedal also blew. Yeah, the wind pedal's in like a face. fan, and it blows <laughs> wind in your face. <laughs> it's, it's every seemed time you really kick it seemed really bonkers. It's yeah. weird,
1: and so. I wonder. I wonder how they think up some of this weird stuff, but yeah, it looks fun. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, with that, we appreciate you listening. And if you can do anything to help, share the episodes, um, donate to our GoFundMe, which is still up. It'll be up for another week or two. And, you know, um, let people know that you're listening to us. We appreciate that you tell us. But if you tell other people, we'd appreciate that just as much um, so that we can reach a bigger audience and uh, make new friends. Because that's what this is about playing video games and making friends. So we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.